Thank you for listening to the Celebration Church podcast. For more information about Celebration Church, go to ccacron.org. There you will find information about our church, upcoming events, and how to make a contribution to the ministry of Celebration Church. We hope this message is an encouragement to you. Why don't you welcome pastors Frank and Paris Bailey tonight. We're so glad to have them with us. Amen. You're welcome. Y'all can have a seat. Wow, y'all ready for church tonight? <laughs> yeah? Have you ever, let me, let me ask you, start with asking a couple questions tonight. Um, how many of you, if someone were to ask you um, this question, do you consider yourself a Pentecostal? Yes. Let me see a show of hands. How many of you would say I am? Okay, that's, that's a pretty good representative. That's good. <laughs> That's a good thing. So I guess, I guess the question has to be asked, um, are you sure you know what that means? Um, you know, because I, I, I'll explain myself a little bit. Um, I had, um, you know, the Lord brought me into the ministry a while ago. I've pastored in New Orleans now since 1979. And, um, you know, for many years, you know, I would, if you would have asked, I would have fought you over that. I really believed that I was a Pentecostal pastor. I believed that. I, be, I spoke in tongues every day. You know, I was baptized in the Holy Ghost when I was first saved, shortly after I was first saved, um, a couple weeks um, later. And, and um, it was a very important part of my daily walk was, was speaking in tongues and praying in the Holy Ghost. Um, but you know, I, I, you know, I was challenged uh, a number of years a number of years in, into my ministry, I was challenged um, by the Lord with my definition and my experience of Pentecost. You know, it's, God doesn't always do things the way we think he should. You know, he, he, he rarely does things the way we think he should. Rarely. And, you know, it's, it's, it's almost like we, we feel like we, if we, in a prayer, we're just going to write down, God, we want you to do this, this, and this, and this is the way we want you to do it. And it normally doesn't work out that way. And especially when you're in the ministry, especially when you're a pastor, and especially if you're praying for revival. Because yeah. I really thought I had it figured out. And I thought revival was going to come a certain way. And... Um, it didn't, you know, it came, it came, but it came a whole different way than I expected. And um, so I'm, I'm going to talk tonight a little bit about that. I'm going to talk about saturation, about baptism. And really, to me, those two words are interchangeable. Baptism, everyone say baptism. Baptism. And saturation, say saturation. They're really the, both the same thing. They're, the word baptism literally means immersion. Immersion into a substance and in, the, in our case, it's the baptism into a substance called the Holy Spirit. An immersion into a substance. Until, an immersion into a substance until it affects you. It affects every part of you. It affects what you believe. It affects the way you, you laugh. It affects the way you read your Bible. It affects the way you look at church. It affects what you love. It affects what you want to do with your free time. Immersion into a substance. So... Taking this back a few years ago, I had an um, invitation to go preach. Um, it was 1995. I went to go preach at a church in, um, in San Jose, Costa Rica. And it was um, an Assembly of God church. Uh, the pastor of the church was the presbyter of that, of that area, of that city. And um, I went, went down there to preach. And it was some, it was some challenges because they thought they were Pentecostal. But at that point... My definition of Pentecostal had recently changed, and it was not in the same hemisphere as their definition of Pentecostal. And so, and, and there was a second problem. They spoke Spanish, and I didn't, and I'm trying to communicate. And so, but there is a, there is a, there was a, thank, thankfully, there was a, there was a corporate language that was there behind the scenes, the language of God, the language of the Holy Spirit, the language of His presence. 
And he began to interrupt in, in those services in an amazing way. It started, we, we scheduled meetings Sunday morning, Sunday night, and all the way, morning and evening services, all the way from Sunday morning to Friday evening. And uh, I went to preach in the very first service, and I thought, oh my gosh, I am in way, way, way over my head. This is not going to work. This is not going to work at all because I, I went there. I thought I was going to an Assembly of God church, and this church was, it was dead. I mean, it was like, it was really, really, really dead. Have you ever been to that church before, that really dead it was, what? We lived there. Yeah, it was, it was like a, I mean, I, it was felt like I've been to funerals that were more lively than this service, way more. It was, it was terrible. And so I'm, I'm there in the, in the thing, you know, I'm getting ready to have the service. I have an interpreter there. Got, and of course, they have, of course, the religion, it's religion, religion. They had this huge vial on the pulpit of oil. Problem was the oil was rancid. It stunk. It had been there for a long time, I guess. And there's nothing worse than rancid oil. And that was really, to me, a picture of what had happened in this church. There was no unction. There was no, there was no fresh oil. Is anyone listening to me? Yes. So here, I'm in that service. and Very first service. Thank, thank, thank you, Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is awesome. He is, he is so awesome. He is so awesome. And in that first, very first service, I, I, I pressed through and I pressed through and I pressed through and it was, it was, it was, a, it was horrible. It was absolutely horrible service. <laughs> Until the very, very end, I gave a salvation altar call and a few people came up and one of the people that answered the altar call was a 12-year-old little street orphan girl. She's a Nicaraguan who is a refugee and she came up to answer the altar call and the lightning of God hit this girl. I mean, I mean, she was totally slammed by the Pentecostal power of the Holy Ghost. And she didn't speak my language. I didn't speak her language. I was given a salvation altar call. I don't know how or why it happened, but it happened. I mean, it really, really, really happened. She was just totally annihilated by the power of the Holy Ghost. And that was, that was not the end of it. The thing was, she became like, I don't know if you un understand my terminology, but she became like a lightning rod because it was the, the rest of that week, lightning was striking in that church, starting with her and then the girl, the, the youth around her, the other girls are in the service, then the young guys, and then the congregation. Before you know it, that place had turned from a funeral service into Pentecost, absolute, absolute Pentecostal fire. Now, here's the, the most incredible part of the story. By the end of the week, here we are in Costa Rica, um, and you know the thing it, it disrupted, and people are coming, and young people are coming, and in this one um, this one service, this young girl was um, another young girl was totally touched by the power of God, had to be carried out carried out of the service, and um, and, and then I heard through the grapevine that they'd called a special meeting by the, the general, like whatever the name of the organization was, the executive presbyters or whoever they were, had a meeting with all the big shots with the assemblies of God in Costa Rica to try to figure out what was going on. Well, come to find out, the girl that had been carried out was the general superintendent's daughter. <laughs> she was backslidden, 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 and got hit by God. And they had this conference and, and, and conversation amongst them. And here's the conclusion that they came to. And this is what I want you to think about. The conclusion they came to the, in that little, in that, you know, that emergency religious gap meeting that they called to figure out what was going on <laughs> was that they had a Pentecostal theology without a Pentecostal experience in that denomination in Costa Rica. Now that was, that's scary because that describes what I experienced the first 16 years of my ministry. I thought I was Pentecostal, but I was Pentecostal in, in form only or in theology only. But I really, I really, if I was honest with myself, up until 1994, did not have a truly Pentecostal experience. And, and, and yeah, yeah, I spoke in tongues. Yeah, I worshiped in the Spirit. But I'm talking about the kind of experience where God comes down 
and changes lives. The power of God begins to move and, and, and display himself in our, in, our, in our midst. The supernatural power of God. Now, part of that is what I want to share with you about tonight. The, the word, this word saturation. Everyone say saturation again. Saturation is critical if you want a true Pentecostal experience in your personal life. You know, this, this, you know, this little short services, you know, you have, you're in, in 45 minutes, you sing a few songs, tell a couple of stories, and then you leave and you go out to the next week. You, just, just these quick little services, you can never saturate, you can never be impacted. There has to be times, there has to be times that you set aside and you get in the presence of God. There has to be times where you, where you soak. It's like in, in, the, the atmosphere. You get into that atmosphere and you soak where it begins to influence your life and transforms you and affects everything about who you are. Till you are transformed from glory to glory. It's what it says in 2 Corinthians 3.18 that there is, a, there is a place where we are transformed or metamorphosized. It says in 2 Corinthians 3.18 in the ESV Bible, from one degree of glory to another degree of glory. From one degree to another, there's degrees of experience in the river of the Holy Ghost. In other words, you can, you can get more of God. Just because you've experienced something doesn't mean you've experienced nearly everything there is of God. There's always more of Him because He's infinite. Yes. There's no end to what there is of God and what He wants to do in you and through you for His glory. Yes. Just because you haven't experienced, experienced it doesn't mean anything. It means nothing. Amen. Amen. So let's look at, I want to tell this story from Acts chapter 19. I love this, this story about the church in Ephesus. You know, the church in Ephesus became the most influential church in that first, in the first century. You know, the Lord, of course, Pentecost began in Jerusalem. First 15 years or so, Jerusalem became was like the headquarters of the church, and then God began to pour out his spirit in Antioch, and Antioch became the missionary sending for, for the Gentile churches of the world, became the first prototype Gentile church, it's where Paul the Apostle was sent out from. And the church in Ephesus became a, a powerful church in Asia that became a, a influential over the, in the whole, that first century. And this is how it started, very powerful, Acts chapter 19, it happened while Apollos was at Corinth, that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus and finding some disciples. Now, this is amazing. He said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? What was their answer to him? We have not so much as heard whether there even is a Holy Spirit. Now, th this, is, this is interesting because they, had, um, um, they were called disciples, if you read the, the, the story, it says they've been baptized in the baptism of John, right? They were disciples. They'd, been, they'd received baptism, water baptism, by immersion. So they were, they were what? They were Baptists, right? More or less. <laughs> Modern-day terminology, they were Baptists. They, had, they, had believed, they were disciples. They'd been baptized in the water by immersion, but they weren't really sure if there even was a Holy Spirit that made a difference in the world today. That's where they were at. All of us have been there probably. Some of you are probably there right now. You know that there may be a Holy Spirit somewhere, but it doesn't really much in your day-to-day -day life. You've been baptized in water, and that's fine. Is anyone listening to me out there tonight? So, but, but there is more. There's more of God than you could ever imagine. There is the power in His presence bigger than you could ever imagine. There's more of God. God, God is a whole lot bigger than you know. He's a whole lot bigger, a whole lot more powerful. And you know what? He's right here. He's like right here. <laughs> this is where he, he's, he's in your face. It's in him we live and move and have our being. He's all around us all the time. It's just a matter of the veil being torn back just a little bit. And it's like then suddenly you're aware. Wow. Wow. Wow, God was here and I didn't even know it. Like Jacob, God was here. Wow, God. I was in the house of God and I didn't even know it. You were here, Bethel. God was here and I didn't even know he was here all around me. Amen. So let's go on. So immersion, they were immersed. So he said to them, into what were you baptized then? And they said, into John's baptism. 
Then Paul said, indeed, John baptized with a baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him who would come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. And when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul laid his hands on them, I, I love that. Paul, the apostle, laid his hands on them. There's, there, was a, there was an impartation that took place. You can only impart what you have received yourself. And Paul, how many people know Paul had received something? Something got all over him. When he was on the Damascus Road, he was never the same. He walked different. He looked different. He talked different. Something got on him. There was, a, there was an impartation when he saw Jesus on the Damascus Road. And when Paul laid his hands on these guys, these 12 guys, suddenly they realized there was a Holy Spirit. Suddenly, when he laid his hands on them, the atmosphere in that room began to change. The atmosphere in the room, it became heavy, it became thick, it became thick in that room. It's, suddenly, the power of the Holy Ghost began to fall on the people in that room, and they began to experience the power of God. You know, I, how, how, how many people look forward to heaven? You, you look forward to being in heaven? You know, one of the things I'm going to, it probably won't matter when, I, when we get there, but one of the things I have on my, my, I guess you could, it's not really a bucket list, but it's a list <laughs> that, because it'll be after the bucket. <laughs> when, when, one of the things I'm going to ask, I'm going to ask Paul to lay his hands on me when I get up there. Yeah. I'm gonna, maybe there'll be a line, but I'm going to get in the line. And it, and it won't matter because we'll see Jesus as he is, but I'm still going to ask him just because. <laughs> just lay your hands on me. Just, so there, there's, there's something happens when, the, when, when somebody that's received something. When somebody that's received something lay their hands upon you, something is imparted. There's an impartation. There's a transformation. I'll, I'll never forget the, the night, in the, the, well, it was actually in the morning in 1994, August of 1994, when hands were laid on me and the Holy Ghost came on me in a whole way I'd never experienced before. There was an impartation that took place. It was like someone put a coat on me. The, the, the atmosphere in the room changed. I changed. My life changed. My ministry changed. What I loved changed. It was, it was like a second new birth experience for me, an impartation of the Holy Ghost, I began to experience a new depth of God that I'd never known was even available to me, even as a, an Assembly of God Pentecostal pastor. There was more of God that I didn't know about. So Paul laid his hands on them, um, and, and when he laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon, came upon them. And they spoke with tongues and prophesied. And, the, and, that, and the, the men were about 12 in all. Now, so, so the, the, let's, let's just sort out what took place here. The Holy Spirit came upon them. Can you remember a moment in your life when you can say, the Holy Spirit came upon me? Now, so this is more than just a doctrine. This is more than just theology. You believe in the Holy Spirit. You believe in water baptism. You believe in the second coming of Jesus Christ. Well, was there a moment in your life when the Holy Spirit came upon you? When he came upon you? And when his, it was like, you know, it's like Joseph's coat. Someone put a coat on you. You'll be clothed with power from on high when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Well, the Holy Spirit came upon them and their life changed drastically. It was a drastic transformation of their lives when the Holy Spirit came upon them. Let's look at, let's look at some of the results of what happened here. First, verse, verse 6 says, when Paul laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. All 12 of them, they spoke. They were no longer Baptists now. They, now they were speaking in tongues. <laughs> they were speaking in tongues and prophesying. They were going to get kicked out of the Baptist church if they continued doing that. <laughs> and there's some Assembly of God churches you'll be kicked out of if you speak in tongues and prophesy. <laughs> so they spoke in tongues and they prophesied. So this, so I, just, I want to just think just a little bit about, about, about praying in tongues. To me, tongues, 
It's the beginning of things. Tongues is what happened when the, the very first moment of the birth of the church. It's what it, it's, it was the initiation of everything. Church, the, the church was birthed on the day of Pentecost. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they all began to speak with other tongues. That's what happened in the church in, in, in Cornelius' house. They, the Holy Spirit came upon them and they all began to speak with other tongues. It's what happened in this, in this gathering in, in Ephesus. The Holy Spirit came upon them and they all began to speak in other tongues. Tongues is a beautiful tool that God uses. Who would ever think of something as unusual as that? To speak in a language that you don't understand. To speak in a language that's not coming out of your intellect. To speak in a language that's coming out of your, out of your spirit man, out of your inner man, and not out of your head. Something that's coming straight from heaven. Not, not, from, not from human understanding or from human comprehension. It's the, the language of God. It's a beautiful, as Paul said, this, they speak in the language of, of angels and they speak in the language of, of men. It's a heavenly, a heavenly language that takes place. So, so it's the doorway. Speaking in tongues is the doorway to the supernatural. It's the doorway. If you want to begin to experience the supernatural power of God in, 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 in any arena of your life, in your prayer life, in your marriage, in your business, in your ministry, in soul winning and praying for the sick, if you want to experience the, the supernatural power of God, you have to go through the doorway. And the doorway, the entranceway, is this beautiful and you begin to pray and you begin to press in and press in, praying in your heavenly language. And as, as you do, the atmosphere in the room begins to change. Very atmosphere change. Something, it looks different. Everything looks different. It feels different. It smells different. There's something different. You can't really put your finger on it. You can't define it in human terms. But you know it's true. You know it's real. God has come into the room. It's what happens when, when God begins to move in the, into the room. That's what happened when Paul laid his hands on him. They began to, to pray in, in tongues. They're, they began to experience spiritual edification. Your, your weaknesses begin to be um, uh, dealt with. You know, how many people in here tonight would say you've got some, you've got some weaknesses in your life? Anybody? Anybody have some, some challenges? Some stuff you're trying to overcome in your life? It says in Romans 8, 26, that when, when I pray in the Spirit, the Holy Spirit helps me in my weaknesses. He helps me. He helps me overcome areas that I can't, that I just don't have the willpower, the stamina, the ability to overcome. He comes and he helps me. It's supernatural. He's the, he's the, he's the miracle worker. He brings us into the, into the supernatural aspect of Christianity. I was so tired of Christianity just being a philosophy, just a, just a, a, a self-helps program, how to get rich, how to be a better you. I'm so tired of all that. You know, I, I, want, I want the move of God in my life, the power of the Holy Ghost in my life. So let's, let's go on here. Um, and, it says, um, Acts 19, 6, when he laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke in tongues, and they began to prophesy. In prophecy, Paul taught, said, it, one of the things Paul said in, um, in 1 Corinthians 14, he said for us to earnestly desire, what? Someone finish this sentence. What is it? Spiritual gifts. Spiritual gifts. Earnestly desire spiritual gifts. That's what he said, 1 Corinthians 14, earnestly desire spiritual gifts. And then he said, especially that you might prophesy. That's what he said. That's, that's a quote from the Apostle Paul. He says, earnestly desire spiritual gifts. That means really, 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 really want spiritual gifts to operate in your life, especially that you might prophesy. Now, the, the spiritual... The, Spiritual gifts are not given to you for your benefit. They're for the edification of the body of Christ. They're, they're ministry. You know, when we, when we, the, the basic um, 
purpose or function of prophecy is to edify, encourage, and to console. It's to, it's to minister to someone that's hurting or someone that's confused or someone that's struggling in their life. It's a, it's a word that lifts somebody. Prophecy. So earnestly desire spiritual gifts because the Lord wants to, to pour His love through you to help other people. And it's supernatural in, in the nature. So earnestly desire spiritual gifts, especially that you prophesy. Now here we're going to start getting into the, the power of saturation. And this is what I really wanted to talk to you about. So he, Paul went into the synagogue. This was still in Ephesus. He admit, first it was this house meeting with 12 guys. It's where it started. And then it says they went into the synagogue and spoke boldly. Listen to this. For three months. For three months they were reasoning in the synagogue in Ephesus. Uh, reasoning and persuading concerning the things of the kingdom of God. Now, you know, the, there was a Jewish, this was a Jewish synagogue in Ephesus. But the Jews rejected the gospel, and Paul was basically kicked out of the synagogue. Let's listen to what it says. When some were hardened and did not believe, but spoke evil of the way, what they called Christianity in those days, before the multitude, he departed from them, withdrew the disciples, reasoning daily, in the school of Tyrannus. Now, this is, this is very interesting, very important. Paul obviously went and, and secured a public meeting hall because he got kicked out of the synagogue. And really, it was God because the Lord wanted to reach more than just the Jews in Ephesus. He wanted to reach the Ephesians. He wanted to reach the Ephesian population. That church in Ephesus became the largest church in Europe for many, or in Asia for many years. Thousands of people. And they were not Jews, they were, they were Asians, they were Romans, they were Gentiles. And um, so he, he moved out of the synagogue, he got kicked out of the synagogue, rented a school called the School of Tyrannus. And if you go back to some of the earliest manuscripts, you know our earliest manuscripts of the book of Acts, handwritten. And if you go back to some of those early manuscripts, there was a little side note written by this verse. In, in one of the earliest manuscripts, it says that these, where it says here that they were, re, he was reasoning daily. Everyone say reasoning daily. Say that. So it says in, in, in the little footnote in these earliest manuscripts that these meetings were from nine in the morning to three in the afternoon every day. Six hours a day with Paul for two years. Something's going to break loose. <laughs> they were saturation services. They were there day after day after day after day for two years. For two years. You know, Azusa Street lasted about 18 months, and the world was affected. This revival in, in Ephesus lasted about two years. Paul taught day after day after day after day for two years, saturation, saturation. People sitting in those services under the influence of the mantle that were on the Apostle Paul, their lives were changed permanently. They were, they were permanent. They could never go back to what their life was like before that. You know, for me, for, for years now, I've, I've, I've measured my life by pre-1994 and post-1994 the day God came down in my life. And that's how it was for, for these people in Ephesus. Their life would never, ever, ever be the same because they stepped into another whole realm of Christianity. They stepped into pure Pentecostal power. They stepped into the power of Pentecost, something that got on them that never, ever, ever lifted. You know, I read a book a few years ago. I started reading all these revival books after 1994, and I read one on... Um, um, the revival in, in Wales, the revival with El Evan Roberts, he was just a young guy. God came down, and, and he had a bunch of young people around him. And there was this evangelist that, came, that was touched in the Welsh revival, wrote this book that was, um, before he died, this, this young evangelist, you know, of course, got old and died in the 1950s. And um, he wrote this book that said, you know, I saw the Welsh revival. And, and in, that, in his testimony of what happened, he talked about how he got called into the ministry and he got touched by God in those meetings in Wales. And this is what he said. He said, he said for, I've, I've been preaching since the call of God came upon my life in 1904 in that Mariah Chapel back in Wales. And he said, 
even to this day, when I open my mouth, the same atmosphere that was in that chapel comes and fills the room. And now, it had been, it had been 50 years since the Wells revival was over, but it wasn't over for him. It wasn't over for him. It wasn't over for him. Why wasn't it over for him? Because something got on him that stayed on him the rest of his life. The power of Pentecost got on that young teenage boy. It, it's got on him. He was like a coat that he carried, the same coat that was on Evan Roberts, the same coat that was on the apostles, that same coat called the Holy Ghost, the same coat that was on Jesus after he was baptized in water in the Jordan River, the baptism in the Holy Ghost, the same coat that came on Peter on the day of Pentecost, the same coat that came on John, the same coat that came on Jonathan Edwards in Northampton, the same coat that came on Brother Seymour at Azusa Streets. It's the anointing of the Holy Ghost. That same coat will get on you and will last the rest of your life. And every time you open your mouth, the room can be filled with the power and the glory of God. And the power of saturation. That's what was happening. So they were, they were meeting for two years in the school of Tyrannus. This continued for two years so that all who dwelt in Asia heard the word of the Lord Jesus, both Jews and Greeks. Now let's look, let's, let's, let's look at a couple of things that happened in Acts 19.10, it says, this continued for two years so that all who dwelt in Asia, now their, their terminology for Asia was Asia Minor. Our modern-day Asia Minor would be modern-day Turkey. It's a pretty large country. So they were saying that during those two years, every human being that lived in Asia Minor had the gospel preached to them. Paul never left Ephesus during those two years. If you, if you read the book of Revelations, you'll find there were seven churches of Asia that were started. They started out of this revival, those seven churches. What, ha what happened? It's people that were being touched by God that were in these saturation meetings went out. back to They'd heard and they'd come and they'd go back into, and before, you, before long, all of Asia, all of the region surrounding Ephesus, Laodicea, Philadelphia, Theatira, Sardis, all of those, those um, 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 Laodicea, all those cities began to experience revival, began to experience the power of God, so that all of Asia began to experience the outpouring of the Holy Ghost. Now, no radio, no television, no internet, no cell phones, just people walking, no cars, walking, going back to their hometown, and God came down. Regions being touched by the power of Pentecost. Now, so, you know, so these, today, you know, we've exper we experienced some powerful things in, 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 our, in, our, in our lives. We've experienced some powerful things. You know, something got on our church. Amazing. Something amazing got on our church in 1994. I mean, it was, how, how can you describe, it's impossible to describe what happened, but it, but it happened. It was God came down in our church. Something beautiful, something supernatural, something that's life-changing, something that's unforgettable. It got on everybody that was in our church, began to affect the things that we did. We started a, a production, I'm sure you've heard, of, heard um, Zach and Heather talk about it, we've talked about it a lot, a production called Beyond the Grave. It was a, a, a play that we put, off, put on based um, on, on the Columbine um, school massacre that took place. We've been doing that play in our church now since 1999. Still doing it, still doing it. We just, we just, we have another, our last performance of this season is this Friday coming up. We've seen over 75,000 young people give their life to Christ. We've been giving out, and those are salvation books that we've given out, people actually answering the altar calls coming up. That's not a, that's, that's totally supernatural. It's the fruit of the outpouring of the Holy Ghost. This is not just telling people, you know, you, know, you can live your best life now if you try to cheer. This is, this is the power of God. Pentecostal power of God. Impartation of the power of God. That's what I'm talking about. Saturation. Baptism in the Holy Ghost. So let's, so let's look what else he talks about in Acts 19. And then it says that unusual miracles, not just normal miracles, <laughs> unusual miracles began to break out. Unusual miracles began to break out. Now, God worked unusual miracles by the hands of Paul. Um, so it, it says that, so that even that 
pieces of cloth that were taken from his body were, were they, take, they would take him out to different parts of, of uh, their city and their, their country, different parts of, of cloth that had been on Paul during these saturation services. And there was something tangible. There is a tangible presence of the Holy Ghost that can be transferred through the laying on of hands, through just through the atmosphere, through preaching, through worship, impartation of the Holy Spirit. And so the, the, it says that unusual miracles began to take place where, where people that were, had incurable diseases were healed, people that had demons in their body were coming out. Lives were being changed by the power of the Holy Ghost, by the power of His presence. Indescribable, unthinkable miracles began to take place by the power of the Holy Spirit. So this was the result of saturation. Um, tangible transfer. So now, okay, we, we read about that. God worked unusual miracles by the hands of Paul so that even handkerchiefs or aprons were brought from his body to the sick and the diseases left them and evil spirits went out of them. Wow. You know, we've, we've started a... Um, a ministry in our church, uh, I'm sure my wife will talk to you about it a little bit in one of the other s- services, but we started a ministry to um, girls going through crisis called Mary's Song. And many of these young girls are coming out of, you know, whatever background, um, a huge number of them have come through this whole thing with dr- drug addiction, drug problems, alcohol problems. And the world really is, is at the end of itself. The world really doesn't have any answers. You know, the world has to, what, what, what do we do? We medicate people. If they can't, they can't sort it out, we medicate people. That's, all we, that's what we know to do. Somebody can't cope, you medicate them. Someone's sick, you give them medicine. Someone's miserable, you give them some more medicine. You give them heroin, you give them alcohol, you give them some kind of pills, you give them something. Self-medication, all kinds of stuff like that. Well, there is another way. <laughs> There is another way. There is another way. And what, what, we're, what we're seeing with these young girls are lives being changed by the power of his presence. Pentecostal power. It's not, not enough just to go through a program. There needs to be an impartation of the supernatural power of God on a consistent, regular basis. So uh, he talks about devils coming out. Verse 18, 19, and 20. Many who believed came confessing and telling their deeds. And many of those who had practiced magic brought their books together and burned them in the sight of all. And they counted up the value of them and it totaled 50,000 pieces of silver. It's lots of money, whatever that meant, how much that was worth in those days. So the word of the Lord grew mightily and prevailed. Now here's something that, that began to take place. They began to love in Ephesus, Ephesus, the people that began to experience the power of his presence began to love the things of God more than their previous sins. That's the, that's the change. That's the change. You see, sin makes promises. Sin makes promises to us. It, it promise, sin promises pleasure. The power of sin is in pleasure, right? That's why, why do people get loaded? Because it makes them feel good. Why do people get drunk? Because it feels good. Why do people have sex outside of marriage? Because they want to, because they like it. Is anyone listening to me out there, right? Is it, hello, yeah, hello. <laughs> yeah, sin is fun. Not, not allowed to say that in church? It is. It's, it's sin is fun. So how do, you, how, do you, how do you overcome it? How do you, over, you overcome sin with something that's more fun? <laughs> that's how you do it. That's, that's, what, the, that's what the Bible is. There, there is a pleasure higher than the pleasures of sin. It's called the pleasures of God. That's what the baptism in the Holy Ghost is. The baptism in the Holy Ghost is an immersion into unspeakable joy. 
It's the joy of the Lord that comes down from heaven and fills us and fills us and fills us and fills us again. Saturation with the power of his presence. The power of his presence. Delight yourself in the Lord. He'll give you the desires of your heart. So let me, let me finish with this, this testimony. You know, I, I was, um, talked about how I, I was um, a pastor for 16 years in New Orleans and um, became bored with my ministry. Been there and done that. And it wasn't as exciting as I'd hoped it would be. It wasn't as successful as I'd hoped it would be. And um, so I was bored. And uh, I ended up, you know, going to these services reluctantly in in Dallas, Texas, and um, got touched. Just totally, it was all, all I can say, I was caught totally by surprise. Totally by surprise. When, 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 I, when, when God touched me, I got touched by something I didn't even believe existed. And it was an incredible, unspeakable joy in the presence of the Lord. He touched me. He touched me, and, and this, this was the craziest thing. It was, it was so simple. He touched me, and, and I began to laugh. I began to laugh. Did you know that joy has a voice? Did you know that? The voice of joy is laughter. And I started to laugh, 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 and I started to laugh. And I started, then I, the more I thought about it, the more I realized that, you know, that, that there is no, there's no tears in heaven, there's no sorrow in heaven, there's no depression in heaven. There's no, there's no, there's no, there's nothing negative in heaven. Heaven is a place of extreme, radical joy. That's what it is. It's radical joy. Absolute, extreme, more extreme than you can imagine. And when, and if, if, if Paul meant what he said, if Paul meant what he said, he said the Holy Spirit is a foretaste of that. It's a taste of what's coming. And what's coming is bigger and better than you could and I can ever, ever imagine in our, in, our, in our greatest dreams. It's joy unspeakable. Joy unspeakable. It's what Peter said. He said he was filled with joy unspeakable. Filled with joy unspeakable. This joy unspeakable transferred him and translated him into a, into a different person. It's a, it's a different kind of joy. It's a different kind of happiness than this world offers us. It's a supernatural joy. It's a joy of the Lord. It's real, it's tangible, it's present, it's receivable, it's available for all of us, the joy of the Lord. And um, the more I, I yielded myself to this joy, the more it impacted my life. It was, it was, it was, it was incredible. It was incredible to actually come to church and laugh. I mean, and laugh, and laugh. I mean, not just giggles, I mean belly laughs. Laughing, and laughing, and laughing. Laughing, the, laughing, and laughing, and, and you know, you could, if, you don't, if you don't believe me, you can ask, you can ask my wife. There was, there was times when I woke her out of a dead sleep, in my sleep, sleep, laughing in my sleep at night. Touched by God. Touched by God in sleeping time. Pentecostal power, an invasion of God's presence. The trans- it translates you into a different kind of person. Instead of being a sourpuss, you actually become a happy person. <laughs> you go to church and you like it. <laughs> you actually look forward to Sunday. You wake up on Sunday morning and you go, yes, it's Sunday. Woo! Sunday morning, hallelujah. <laughs> you, can't, you can't wait to get around the other brothers and sisters who are also dripping with joy. <laughs> Come to church and it's a, it's a joy feast. Joy, wall-to-wall joy, joy coming 
down from heaven, filling every, every person, filling every heart, joy unspeakable and full of glory. Finally, finally, finally experiencing what, what heaven is all about. In your presence, Lord. Lord, is it true? Is your Bible really true? Is it true, God? Is it true that in your presence is fullness of joy? Is that just a, just a nice little phrase you came up with? Or is it real? Is it true? Is it true? Is it, is it available for me today in your presence is fullness of joy? Can I really have that myself today in your presence, Lord? Come on, say, the heavens have been opened. Their way in has been given to me. The blood of Jesus has been poured out. The veil's been torn. Easter has come. Resurrection has come. Christ is alive. He's seated at the right hand of God. And he's pouring out from his very throne, his, from his presence, more and more and more and more of, of him flowing out from heaven, pouring over me, filling me up to overflowing with the Holy Ghost. Drinking in all that he is. Drinking in all that he is. Making me more like him from day to day. Saturation. Being filled up with the Holy Ghost. Joy unspeakable and full of glory filling my soul. Hallelujah. You know, Jesus, Jesus became a man. God became a man. He became a man and God is still a man. He's seated at the right hand of God today as a man. Jesus of Nazareth is seated on the throne of God as a man. And pouring out from him is a river. There is a river flowing out from the throne of God today. It's a river of the Holy Ghost. It's a river of joy. It's a river of healing. It's a river of life. It's a river of transformation. It's a river of purity and holiness. It's a river of prophecy and revelation. It's a river of deliverance. It's a river, the river of God that fills us and makes us into different kinds of people. Yeah, there is a river. I believe it's real. I believe it's true. And I believe this power of his saturation is available for each one of us. Thank you, Lord. Y'all stand with me in his presence. Let's stand together. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. You know, um, the Lord loves to hear your voice. He does. Before we, before we even do music tonight, before we have the, the, the instruments, I, I just, we're just to close our eyes and, and just you just lift your voice up before the Lord right now. Just let him hear your praises. Just let it come. Just stir it up right now. Come, let the, it's like a fountain, like a bubbling stream. More, Lord. Yombo sema teke, laste, lambraste, lambraste kelendaye, yambraste keleste, kalabrambase. Yes, Lord, we're stepping into that place, tambrambast, a place of holy saturation, Lord. Toramba kalala labrandamba, ondoba ba ye me, beamante meke, yamasta, paramasta, ha, ah, landran, to, clo, to, 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 ko, to. Torote, Kambate, Lambraste Mante, Hiamaseke, Ha, Lasta, Ha, Brambala, Brambata, La, Rasta, Rantamba, Rantamba, Lacandete, Yo, To, 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 Coto, Brambate, Este, Rambasteke, Yanda, Brambasteke, More Lord, God, Lord, we just lift our hands and we drink. Right now, we drink life. We drink life. Chambre be 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 amate mesa ra la 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 ramba la ramba ya te ma woo siamotore ha landre lambrate calambraste kimbaraste ke labrase ke abramaste ke te ke ya sap. Tambramba lambrasta la 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 brandema ronda la 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 masari la 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 brasti la 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 brasti. We praise you, Jesus. 
Who is like you, Lord God? Who is like our God? There's none like you, Lord God. Jesus. 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 What a wonder you are, Lord. Jesus. Yo ramamase, yo ramarase, roba ramarase ke, roba rabraste marine. Hallelujah. 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 La la ra to resto, raste koto romoso, yo so, yo so, rosto, reste. Beste clemite ha pante mostaye yama se clabramasteke tambramasteke le riste baka balaste ramaste ramaste baramaste kamaraste komarosta kamalambrata ambaranta yeah the lord began to he began to um, increase increase my prayer language my prayer language took on a whole new a whole new um, role in my life when the Holy Spirit was poured upon me that second time, it began to be much, a much deep, it's like a much deeper experience. It's, how, how do you describe it? It was like a, a deeper um, a anointing came upon my, my, my prayer language. It became some, so much more precious and so much more powerful in my life. Not that it wasn't something beautiful before, but it, it was just, it, everything it was began to increase. It was like God turned the volume up on it in my life. Turned up the level of his his presence, my awareness of his presence. Ya ya ramasakra tembete, la randarante say. Ha, ya ya ya, ramanteleste, brambasta. Yeah, just keep right. Just pray a few more moments. Pray in your in your heavenly language. Let it deepen. Let it deepen. Let it deepen. Tan 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 basse, tan tan basse ke, ta tan basse ke te. Ha, alalandre ke te, alarande stekea. Yes, like the, glo his the glory of the Lord. One of the terms for the glory of the Lord, of course, is the, the kavad, it's the heaviness. Sometimes there's like a heaviness, a weightiness, a weightiness that comes into the room. It's the glory of the Lord begins to fill you and fill us and, and fill his church. It's the weightiness of his presence. Just let, just let that, that heaviness begin to settle in on you right now, this heaviness of God. Alabra, the kavad, the Hebrew word, kavad, there was a reason. They call it the heaviness of God. Ha, yeah, 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 yeah. More, Lord God. We just, just fill the room with your goodness, Lord. Fill this room with your goodness right now, Lord. Fill this room, Lord. Fill this house. More, Lord. Fill this room with your goodness right here, right now. More, Lord. More, Lord. More, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for joining the Celebration Podcast. For more information, visit ccacron.org or call us at 330-762-7458. You can also download the Celebration app from iTunes or the Android store. With my father.